Hi everyone, welcome back to Korea Talk, a mini-series within Heart to Heart Pod. This is the second episode of our series, which is about two former expats' experiences living and teaching abroad in South Korea. Today, my co-hosts Wes and I are going to talk about culture shock and life in Daejeon. Yeah, thank you for bringing me back, Tina. Um, and I think this is the first time I've been on here since Heart to Heart was official. So yeah, I'm excited to be a, a guest on that too. And um, I'm just excited to talk about our time in Korea together. Yeah, of course. We're doing this series together and I just want us to be able to talk our hearts out about our experiences. I know that in our first episode, we mentioned how we lived in Daejeon. Do you want to talk about it? Like where is Daejeon and what's it like? What it is known for? Sure. So uh, Daejeon is like kind of the central area in Korea. So it's near um, all the major cities. So like you you can get to Seoul in like an hour and a half or even an hour by express train. You can get to um, Busan, which is the second biggest city that's to the south in like two, an hour and a half, two hours by express train. Um, it's just central to everything or sort of in a way the heart of, of Korea in the transportation sense. Um, it's known for, uh, it has a world, in my opinion, it has a world-class bakery and that's when I meet Koreans and people, they always mention that place, Sung Shim Dam Bakery. And we're going to talk about that later. I think it's also known for uh, being adjacent to Sejong City, which is where a lot of the government officials live now. Um, so there's a lot of development there. So, you know, not only is it sort of a transportation hub, but it's right next to probably the second largest uh, contingent of government officials, too. So there's a there's a lot of resources. There's a lot of money in Daejeon. Um, I wouldn't say it's a tourist destination, but it's a good mm-hmm. place to live. So thinking back, how was your first week in Daejeon and what was your first impressions in the few months that you were living in Korea? You know, we all went on the bus together, all of us as expats leaving uh, the orientation site. And like this was really the beginning of what I wanted to do. Like all that orientation stuff was like kind of like a boot camp in a way. And now we were really starting um, our purpose of being in Korea, which was to teach English to uh, students I you know I wanted to be in a a public school because I wanted to teach English conversational English to underprivileged um, kids or just ordinary Koreans not just affluent ones I wanted to provide them with a unique experience they may not be able to have access to Um, so getting there I was really excited and I met my co-teacher at this location when we got off the bus we all got all up this bus and we went to this conference center i don't know it was pretty mm-hmm. big and they would um kind of announce in a way us uh, you know which school we went to and then the co-teacher would come and meet us meet various people and they would bring flowers you know and there'd be different reactions there's a lot of excitement and then i met my co-teacher and she was um yeah, she was probably around my age or a couple of years older, and she brought me flowers. And this was actually the first wow. time I ever received flowers from anyone wow. I in my get life. Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so touched uh, to have these flowers. And then they took me to um, get some lunch, you know, and we went to, and then we got my uh, picture. I needed to get my picture taken. Uh, not only for my alien registration card, which is like your ID as an expat, uh, but also for my picture on the wall. So outside of mm-hmm. the teacher's office, there are 
you have your prof your picture with your name next to it and what your role is at the school. So they got my picture taken. However, um, I didn't expect all the Photoshop that was occurring. Um, oh yeah. So they 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 made my face really bright and very slim. I looked like a I looked like a maybe a middle schooler again. You look so, so different. That was fun. <laughs> I looked that didn't look like me, but I guess that was the ideal over there. Uh, so, so yeah, then I got introduced to my apartment. Um, I met the former co-teach, the former teacher there for like a day. Um, and she gave me all this information about like where to go for certain things. She had like a little laminated map and then um, a laminated card that had my address on it. Mm-hmm. And it had a Hangul in Korean scripts, um, or, or, or no, an English script, but it was Romanized from Hangul or Korean uh, language, um, that where I lived, to, to what to tell the taxi driver to get home. I, I would just read this card out and, and the taxi driver would get me back to my, um, my neighborhood. So she was so accommodating um, and my co-teachers were so friendly. Um, so it was really nice in that sense. Um, but also, you know, I never experienced this before, like this fancy of an apartment. We're going to get into that later. But mm-hmm. um, it had like, instead of a key, it had like a electric combination that you would yeah. press to get in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then it had like wooden floors um, and it had a, like a laundry room and stuff. But um, and then life there was just like, I don't know, just there was so much to learn. Like, where do I go to get groceries? Where do I go? I went, where do I go to get things? Like, I went to Daiso and got um, <laughs> like, it's like a dollar store in Korea. I love Daiso. <laughs> I, got, I miss like, Daiso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It has everything you need. And it was within walking distance of my apartment. My apartment was right next to this um, kind of restaurant and area um and it had it was like a two-minute walk to the subway it was just mm-hmm. a perfect location it was so, um, such a good area you were so close such a, I was in such a good area <laughs> so I, I was know. this was the this was the nicest place I've ever lived in my opinion even <laughs> though it wasn't it wasn't big but it was big enough um and that that was good but it was the first time that I was somewhere without any friends mm-hmm. um you know we yeah. <laughs> we, well, you're, yeah, you're there, of course, but, and we were, yeah, developing that, but, like, not, like, like, I meant, like, some people I've known most of my life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, even at Mizzou, I was, like, just an hour and a half away, that's where I went to graduate school, University of Missouri, I was just a 90-minute drive away from my home, and my friends were there, so I still had that security blanket in a way, but over mm-hmm. here, I had a few friends in Seoul, but they were really busy. And then my, um, yeah, my, and my girlfriend was still in the USA. So I was completely mm. uh, on my own in some ways when I was Dejan. Because, uh, yeah, I didn't have too many contacts there. So I don't know. It was tough. Like, um, it was hard being the only uh, expat in the whole school. And mm-hmm. um, my birthday was, <laughs> was pretty rough, too, because uh, everyone was busy or whatever. So I ended up kind of just wandering around the neighborhood on my birthday. And I... Yeah, I found a chicken restaurant and I just ordered some chicken and beer and just hung out on my own. So Wait, your birthday was it in the beginning when you just Yeah, it was in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It was like you called me. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have. I don't know. I was so overwhelmed. It was yeah, just that's true. Yeah, it was it was just getting used to things. Um and 
We also had a very exciting opening weekend when we first got there. We went to the Dunsandong, which is the new downtown area. Mm-hmm. And we went to like do, they call it Noraibang, but like karaoke. Uh, there was a, you know, a bar and uh, the nightlife was amazing. And then we did when there were all the expats and that was my, that was a really unique experience. And I can't forget that night uh, just because it was so chaotic and fun. Uh, that didn't go perfectly though, because we, <laughs> we kind of got separated at some point, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, overall, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. It was just kind of, if I had to summarize it all up, it was, it was very, um, it was very engaging, but also a little bit, challenging at the same time For just sure. there was a lot to learn and there were so many options <laughs> uh, that it was like limitless what you could do and you didn't know how things were going to turn out because you're not familiar with this culture this city you don't know what's mm-hmm. really gonna how things are gonna go so so yeah I would probably describe my first time there how about you how was your adjustment first few <laughs> weeks or month, months okay well my first week in Daejeon was very memorable. As I've mentioned before how I was sick during orientation week. Um, I got sick because I remember in our um, orientation at the university, I didn't have the heater on, it was really cold. I, when I arrived in Daejeon, I had a fever. <laughs> I remember that ceremony where I met my main co-teacher and she was really nice and she took me to my apartment and went to a cafe and also the school. So I went there as well, um, got my alien card and everything. But I remember that initial first few weeks, that month was so hard because I was sick for like a couple of weeks and I had to go visit the doctor's clinic. And even when I went to the school and she was introducing me to other teachers, I was like so out of it. I could barely walk. It was so bad. And I remember that one night I was so sick um, with the fever that I was curled up in bed. But my main co-teacher, she bought me porridge and she like bought me a hot drink and she was like looking out for me like since I didn't know anybody um, but I also remember that first day when I went to my studio I went to the elevator and I actually met someone who who is now my friend um, he was in uh, from England basically he's another expat in the building in that building I was very fortunate because I had two expats in that building and one of them is next door to me so I'm going to name drop. (laughs) Um, James and Fabian, they were really welcoming and they like they welcomed me in Korea and they showed me around and and even included me in their friend group. So I was very fortunate in that way because I remember like saying hi to them and and Fabian, my neighbor right next door to me, he like one day he was knocking on my door and saying, hey, like, um, I know you're new here because the person who was in who I was replacing, he lived in my studio and he left, right? So then he was like inviting me to go hang out with like him and his other group of friends. So I was really fortunate to meet them because I didn't know anyone. And and in that group, 
there were people from ethnic, like people from different years. So for people that have been there for several years, and then there were um, other expats from private academies that I met, and also a couple of local Koreans. So it was it was a good mix. I also remember that event when with Epic when we went to the bar and we went to Noibang, and it was so great to attend that event because I got to meet other expats, right? And I remember like everyone was just like, drinking and partying and everything. And then I remember that time that I was too sick, right? So there were times where I thought, oh, I shouldn't have gone out <laughs> because I got even more sick, <laughs> you know? Um, um, and then, yeah, I remember also we went to the an epic event together, and, uh, but we got separated, you know, at, at nighttime. And I was like, oh, no, because I remember I... When I went with you, you were teaching me how to use the whole e-money card and how to get around oh, yeah, the, yeah. on the subway, the transportation, everything. Mm. I didn't know my way around, right? So then, uh... yeah, that night I was like, oh no, I can't find him. So then I had to take the taxi home, right, in the middle of the night and it was really late. And I was so lost, like, finding my way home. I did show the guy my card with my address in it, but then it took me to the neighborhood, and I think I walked home from, from that uh, station. Mm-hmm. And then the thing was, I was also using Google Maps, and I didn't, there was the other Korean map that we could use, but I didn't really know to use that app. And Google mm-hmm. Maps is not the most reliable too, right? And I didn't really know how to get my way home, but... I eventually found my way home, but it was just like so overwhelming that first few weeks, I remember. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds really challenging being <laughs> yeah. sick and then getting lost. Oh, I know. Like, did I send you that? Did I text you the address or something? Is that I what happened? You, you definitely helped you me because I wouldn't, I probably got lost getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I had that card, that laminated card uh, from the former uh, teacher at the middle school mm. I was at. So that's, so I probably, that's probably why you got to the station because that's where that took you. It was to yes. the station, but, but, <laughs> but, was but yeah, I was so, I was, yeah, I was yeah. so out of it. I, I think I just, I think you, you know, I got it. <laughs> I think I fell asleep pretty soon yeah. after I got home. Yeah, that was yeah. a, that was a crazy night. Actually though, that was the only night that whole time that I did that with expat. So oh. that was a one one and done for me. I uh I hung out with uh, other people like former mm-hmm. like Korean friends especially. Mm-hmm. But I think that was my one and only expat experience, uh, which I'm glad I had. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so I'm glad I got to have that. But I I guess it just uh, yeah it didn't work out in that sense uh to continue it but we Mm -hmm. did we did meet a few of them for lunch later and that kind of stuff yeah i remember but but that was the only real hardcore uh party we did together so it was just like a like a like a flickering flame like you know a spark you know and it was gone (laughs) i think we all had very different experiences but i definitely remember also just because it was my first time stepping foot in asia when i came to korea I was mesmerized by everything. Everything was new. Every day was an adventure, a challenge. I was constantly outside of my comfort zone. And as I'm sure everyone else was too. And just growing so much in such a short period of time. And I wanted to stay longer. I definitely did. uh, Because just having experienced so many first things, I was in the honeymoon phase, (laughs) right? (laughs) 
And um, there was a little bit of homesickness later on in terms of just how different the culture is and the language barrier, especially at school, having to communicate with the co-teachers and our students. Um, but other than that, I definitely say that at least in the first few months, or even for the whole year, I felt like I was never been so in love with a place before. <laughs> yeah, like, how is your studio? It was like was interesting so it was across from it was kind of a restaurant area and like a, not the main like not the main strip but like a side one so on the side so there was like a Chinese restaurant right next to me and across was like a pub and a Chinese oh, yeah. like barbecue place uh-huh. that you could like they'd have so like there are people that would go outside these areas and smoke and talk so mm. it was always noisy at night but, uh, and then I had uh, the apartment itself, I think it was like on the second floor and I could, or maybe third, I think second. And it was, it was pretty secure. You needed a key to get in. Um, you know, it wasn't the first floor. There was, it was very clean. Um, and you, you know, you had a nice little window view of the alley. So <laughs> there was that. Um, it had a TV. It came with like a nice TV, like HD TV. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, just I didn't have to buy a TV. It was right there, and it was decent. So, uh, and then the TV? former, the, oh yeah. Well, so I brought a Chromecast, uh, so I could watch YouTube on it, um, and then I uh, watched a little bit of Korean TV because they have an English channel called Aryong, and it's all about K-pop. And I, I love K-pop, so I watched that channel. Uh, I had my laptop with me. I had plenty to do. Yeah, it, it was big enough for me. It was like, it's called the office tell. So it's like a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has a laundry room in it. And in the laundry room, you have a washer, no dryer, no dryer. Mm-hmm. You air, um, you hang your clothes and, on a clothesline inside the washing, you know, the washing machine room area in the laundry room. And then, yeah, I'd hang clothes there. Uh, the bathroom was interesting. So yeah, that was so interesting. The sink, <laughs> the sink had a shower head connected to it, and there was a drain where the water would go in. So you had to like mm-hmm. hold it with one hand, I guess, and then like put the shampoo in or whatever. Uh, so it was, you know, it got the job done. But the drain, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm fairly, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of fairly hairy individual so (laughs) i had to make sure to clean the drain all the time because it would yeah it could get clogged and then that's no good so i don't know i didn't i wish i it would have been nice if it would have had an actual tub to catch the water in Mm. um because yeah it did just it would just catch on there you know and it was hard to get keep the the bathroom floor dry enough that it wouldn't you know create mold or or mildew mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. So that was something that was a concern. Um, I did not have paper thin walls like I heard some people had. I oh. was I rarely heard I rarely heard anyone. It That's was good. so quiet. Who yeah. It might have been newer, but mm-hmm. yeah, you could maybe hear like noise like for the bathroom area because it's thinner the way that's designed. So you could hear like uh someone turn the shower on or whatever, but like not often. It was pretty pretty quiet um overall from the inside although i do remember one time i actually heard a domestic uh, i heard a commotion going outside 
And there was this arguing that was going on and, and screaming and all that stuff. And I was like, what is going on? So after a couple of minutes, I went outside and there was like a domestic dispute going on right outside mm. in that alley out there. And I think they lived in my building and all like the whole apartment basically was out there, like kind of checking out this situation. And um, I think eventually, I think eventually the police came or something, but it was pretty crazy because uh yeah that was it's such a quiet area most of the time it comes that sort of thing but then that one time uh, I really it was quite uh something I didn't expect and I also didn't know what to do because as a as an expat what are your rights you know to Mm -hmm. get involved in these things you know if something escalates do you get all the blame you know it's hard to know Mm -hmm. what would happen so that's something that um is always hard because you want to do something but you're so limited and your communication and your knowledge yeah. of the, the, the norms and the law that, uh, so that was tough too, but, uh, food wise, I pretty much, so I could order delivery into this place by using an app. I used an app mm. and then they would, they would call me because yeah. I had my address in it and the phone, the only time I ever used that phone was when the delivery person came and wow. called me. So they were there. And I went down the stairs and I met them and I, yeah, and I got the food. and So that was nice. Wow. I got like Domino's. I got wow. uh, chicken. <laughs> yeah, you know so we were talking how I never learned how to use the app for, for delivery and I never got food delivered over. I just, you kind of asked food. me, I would have helped <laughs> I you. I, I just never bothered with it. Yeah. I don't know who taught me if it was my co-teacher or just like online, maybe our, I know we had a, there's a couple of Facebook groups for expats in Korea. It was probably mm-hmm. one of those two yeah. things. Yeah. So how was your place? What was your place? Okay. Like? Well, I definitely felt that the studio was very small, um, but of course can't expect anything uh, much from it since, you know, they provide accommodation. Epic provides that for us. So then we had, it's just like a small place, but it has everything I really need, right? Like a bed, the desk, wardrobe, and the TV, which I didn't watch TV. <laughs> um, and and then there was that kitchen. It's like really small, but it's okay. Like it was okay. I would have to say that the person who lived there before me, he actually left a lot of things um in the studio like kitchen mine, mine did too mine oh, yeah? did too okay. yeah yeah but like, mine, le- mine left mine left way too many things like they should have been cleaned good. out more on oh, some ways it's good oh. but other there was junk too that I uh, just threw yeah, out I, think I had that too <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so then I had like a lot of things there which was good I didn't have to buy too much new new things and yeah the washroom the toilet it was definitely uh, the, one of the biggest culture shocks, right? How um, with the sink and the shower, they're connected and share the same pipe. And there's like no dividers between the sink, the shower or the toilet. So that I remember there were instances where I'm trying to brush my teeth and I turn the wrong knob and then it's like the shower head, right? And I get sprayed with water, uh, which is funny, but it's always so interesting. And, and I don't know if it was our toilets, but you know how in Korea there's a lot of toilets they have a lot of different functions they have buttons to to wash wash yourself with 
Oh, like a bidet. Yeah. 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 My, yeah. Mine didn't have that. Oh, music? Um, did, have did, your, music? did yours? <laughs> no, yeah, mine didn't have that it. Music. But like other, like I guess cafes and other places in Korea, they have like yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, toilets. Very interesting toilets. They do. <laughs> and um, well, I do have to say, well, this is a culture shock experience, but our, our floors, the heated floors, Ando. Oh, yeah. It so amazing because like especially during winter time when you're cold i just want i just lie on the floor <laughs> and yeah um, and you don't have to worry and, about like yeah. the it's warm. like the heat central place. heating you know central heating yeah. uh in my opinion most people get sick at the beginning when they yeah. turn the heaters on because the mm-hmm. stuff collects in the furnace or however and people get sick from that but with undol it just comes from the, the floor and you don't mm-hmm. get anything in your lungs from that so i think i really yeah you just can just lay down and and warm up um mm-hmm. so for those that are able to do so um i would i i, I prefer that as a warming mechanism just because it yeah it works really well I, I didn't think it would but it's so different but i'm like man they should do, why don't they do this that. everywhere this is this that. is really smart this is really smart yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't believe like in this apartment the the literally ground would get warm like yeah. yeah I don't know if uh how extensive it is in every apartment I think it's kind of um it depends on the apartment mm-hmm. historically it was a lot more rudimentary like it would come in different ways but this was electronic based I believe or it could have been gas but it was yeah it was a little high air and and and, and you could even dry clothes on it too. Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly that's what I, a lot of people i put my jeans too. on there to yeah since i was yeah like yeah. to dry your clothes since there's no dryer mm-hmm. we have a lot to share in terms of our culture shock experiences yeah we do so when i was in seoul there was a lot more english um, available in the signage and amongst people uh compared to dejan i don't know why but it was just noticeable that I had to use a lot more Korean when I was in Dijon. So that led to, mm. uh, it's a good thing, I think, to get me a little beyond complete beginner to beginner. Uh, but that would also lead to um, a lot of more challenges and, and navigating basic things like, you know, having to remember how to ask where's, you know, the restroom or ordering food or I remember when we went out the first time we went to have lunch and the entire menu was in Korean. And that mm. was the, that didn't, that never happened in Seoul for me. There was always some English on the menu, but in Beijing, completely Korean. And we did not know our food vocabulary at that point. So, <laughs> yeah. so we were really in trouble, although I could read it. I didn't know what it was. So, <laughs> so I could read it out loud and they would give it to me, but it couldn't be anything. And then some of us couldn't even read Korean at all. So imagine oh, yeah. what they would do. So I, I was yeah. fortunate enough to be able to read it, but not understand it. So that was a lot. Um, yeah. And also a lot of us, mm-hmm. we use the Google Translate app just to yeah. translate the Korean words. Well, they had a menu reader. You could put it on the menu and it would, it would give you a general idea of what it was. That was good. But also you had to know how to ask them in Korean what you wanted. So mm-hmm. if you could learn one word in Korean, I recommend you learning uh, or this phrase, Juseyo, which means please give me. <laughs> I, was uh, I would too. like this. That was so like you, a, could, you could even sit. The one thing I learned. 
you could say like chicken just say they'll bring you chicken you know um try to say it with their intonation but yeah like that was so useful um and i could do it confidently uh and since i could read korean and they had a picture that i could easily order so i think just knowing that if you're not in seoul you should definitely know how to read the alphabet in hangul and you should know <laughs> some basic vocabulary learn food learn like very um, basic like the real basic things mm-hmm. uh but that way and learn just say oh then you should yeah. be good you be able to yeah. eat uh to be able to eat right is important uh you get by in other ways but yeah i and you know it, i should have thought about that even beforehand but it was just so much going on and uh yeah i didn't think about that until it was and then i had to figure it out you know and that's the thing when i was in my school that the teachers when we were together in the elevator would would be when they all knew english they would still speak korean to each other and mm. i felt like yes this is your country and your native but what like you all know english so it felt like it kind of excluded me initially i felt that way mm-hmm. but we all feel that way but then <laughs> yeah. later i'm like well wait a minute this is their country. Exactly. This is their native language. I yeah. can learn some Korean, you know, so it's not mm-hmm. really their responsibility. But exactly. at the time, I, I felt a little bit disheartening just because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be included. I wanted to know what was going on. And that, you know, they're probably just talking to each other, you know, but, but that, yeah. not like normal people do in, yeah. in their country, in their life. native English, <laughs> Living so, which life. is fine. Yeah honestly they were they were fine um and i shouldn't expect them to translate to me either because that's not their mm-hmm. job but uh but yeah initially it was a little bit tough probably just because i was feeling a bit lonely and i just really wanted to be included and involved and i just wish that i knew just a little bit more korean it would have made my transition a little bit better but i am happy that i at least knew how to read it and could and i had a little bit of a foundation that kind of grew and from there and i was able to do fairly well just knowing what was going on at the very least uh but yeah uh that's for my language barrier how about with you and language barriers what was your korean when you first started where was it (laughs) well i did take a couple of classes korean classes before i came to korea and then there was that couple of classes during orientation week but i basically came knowing nothing (laughs) and um it was could you read it like, oh, yeah, I learned a little bit. So I did, I did learn to read it. Um, but I just remember for sure language barrier was the most difficult thing for the whole year because you just want to be able to interact with your co-teachers and your students and be close with them. But there is that language barrier and it's really up to you to learn the language and engage with them. And even for myself, I wish that I took more time or put more effort in learning Korean because I did go to Korean class. <laughs> yes, I did do that for one semester. Um, however, I didn't really learn as much as I would have liked. I remember, you know, in the office when the, all the teachers would come together during break time and they would be all like, you know, socializing and laughing. And I didn't know what they were talking about, right? And I didn't have my main coach here. She was nice enough to like translate to me sometimes like try to tell me it was really nice of her that she didn't have to do that right because it's like so much work for her to 
to like socialize with, with other teachers and then translate to me too, right? But she, she always tried to include me. They always try to include me as well. But of course, it's always hard because like you, of course, you do feel but isolated. And again, like you are the foreigner in another person's country, right? So they shouldn't have to accommodate to you, but you do want to learn and adapt to their culture and their lifestyle, right? That's very true. And it's hard because we all have our own country's social norms. Mm -hmm. And in America, it's very rude to speak in the language that everyone doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously you're in another country, they should accommodate you, but that still is ingrained in you and you have to fight it. You know, I had to fight it because I'm like, you know, hey, this is my country and they have their own norms. But that was something that on a bad day, combine that social norm with that situation that would be enough to irritate me sometimes even though like they they might know a little bit of english they're, they're not as fluent right so right right of course, yeah, they're not gonna, yeah, they're gonna, of course they're gonna speak in korean in their own language their own uh, workspace and, mm-hmm. yeah and i remember sure. even in my office it wasn't just the co-teachers that i worked with it was also the gym teachers and they don't speak any English, right? But then they were really, they're all really kind to me, though. But oh, yeah, you're yeah, saying my, was, mine actually, my gym teachers were really good at English for some reason. Oh, for some reason, really I was, good. I didn't expect because it wasn't, wasn't their uh-huh. focus, but they were, they were quite competent. Um, and yeah, I think we'll get into more about that later. Yeah. Culture barrier, not knowing what's like polite or rude. Mm-hmm. is the hardest thing because you want right. to make a good impression and you want to express to them that you respect them and you respect their culture and that you like them. But sometimes what you think could be a good thing is actually rude in another culture. Yeah, so it's exactly. like, like, like when someone offers you something saying yes to it the first time, technically you're not supposed to do that, you know, uh, table manners, uh, bowing, uh, you know, uh, when to bow, when not to bow, uh, you know, there's so many things. So mm-hmm. I think combining that language barrier with culture barrier is challenging. You know, I always uh, felt like, you know, I've been around Koreans now f- since 2010, I'd say 2011. Um, so I'm like, I have like, you know, the social skills still of a child in Korea's context, yeah. you know, compared to just because you're not, you didn't live in that culture, you weren't raised in that culture. So you, there's so many mistakes that can be made that I really appreciate the patience of my co, my co-teachers and my co-workers to understand, um, you know, that I, I don't know these you know things and I'm just doing my best. I think this is introduced orientation, but uh, I guess there's a a rumor that if you're in an enclosed space with the fan on, like an electric fan that's on, and your door shut, your windows are closed, that you'll suffocate overnight. So that mm-hmm. is fan death. So I thought it was a joke. I didn't think it was real serious. Uh, but I eventually in the summer, I got really hot. So I had to buy a fan. I had to buy an electric fan. And in that it had the manual of what to do and there's a you know symbols on there 
and there was literally a symbol of fan death like could occur so there was like an x wow on, like the broom closed with the windows and and like it was like hey, don't do this uh-huh. yeah, you, you could die so it's literally on the manual of the of the electric wow. fans fan death and death is a thing <laughs> yeah like when i first heard of, about the story and orientation we all thought that was like so interesting or, like so amusing but then we're like oh this is like an actual thing but yeah like another culture shock experience i would say is just in terms of how we were approached by local koreans uh, so for me i had some people randomly on the streets come up to me and ask me where you're from um, or there would be people who maybe at a restaurant they would talk to me in korean they think i'm korean right um, but a lot of times so this is how i went through, throughout through the year when something like this happens i would do a big x sign <laughs> uh, arm gesture <laughs> yes <laughs> and i actually realized i didn't know how to say I don't know how to speak Korean in Korean. <laughs> I never really oh. learned that. So this is me going around doing the X sign. Every time like someone talks to me in, in Korean, like some random person comes up to me. A lot of times I'm just like shaking my head like I don't know how to speak <laughs> Korean. Or like I'll be Interesting. saying like very basic Korean and then they can just tell. I would hesitate and then they would know. They're like, oh, you're not Korean. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's kind of how my experience was where sometimes they would just look at me and know that I'm not Korean. And then other times they might think I am, but um, they would just tell what I hesitate. Did you ever end up meeting someone in this random encounter and end up actually meeting them afterwards? Oh, as, yes. As a second time? Um, yes. So, I mean, I have a couple of other uh, encounters, which I'll talk about later. But I guess there was this one oh, okay. story... One story of how both of us. Oh yeah, we met I that. these two local Koreans on the subway, and it was actually the day of Halloween. I was an alien from Toy Story, but anyways, so well, I just remember. I yeah. don't know if it was Toy Story or yeah, what it, it was, was but, Toy Story. Uh, I mean, you thought, but I don't know. What how do you mean? Co- I made that headband. <laughs> I'm not sure but, how close you were to the original vision, but, so you know. great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we were hanging out, and then I came to the washroom, and then you were talking to these two Koreans. They were, they, they were like, probably our age or a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, they just, yeah, they just approached me while I was waiting for you, and, yeah, I don't generally like talking to strangers, but I was just being polite, and then you oh, came okay. out, yeah. Yeah, and and I think you kind of, yeah, they started talking to us. I never talked to them again afterwards, but you okay. had a different uh, outcome, yeah. right? Yeah, I um, I guess that time we ended up exchanging numbers and then they did message me after. Um, and then they're like, oh, the, the girl was like, oh, um, I would like this, like hang out and stuff. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I did end up meeting those two for dinner one time and it was it was nice just like talking and everything I guess they were interested to know about my experience like living in Korea and also like learning English that sort of thing too although their English was pretty good 
then it was nice because the girl after dinner she was like oh i'll treat because i'm I'm older and then um afterwards but then she had to go see her mom so it was just like me and that guy and we were just like walking and and then but we went home <laughs> and afterwards like they continued talking to me but then i think it was also because this time i remember it was only a couple of months before the end of our contract with Epic, right? Mm. So then I knew like I was leaving in a few months. I remember like they wanted to hang out more, but I guess I didn't really make that much effort to keep in touch with them or really talk to them or even meet up with them again after that time. Cause I thought, oh, I should like meet up with them again um, and let them know I'm leaving kind of thing, right? Or keep in touch yeah. with them. But I didn't, I think it's also because I felt like, oh, I'm leaving anyway. And I, at that time, I honestly did not think that I would ever go back to Korea. <laughs> yeah, but and I didn't even get I didn't even get invited to dinner. <laughs> so I feel a little bit hurt. I didn't know oh. it that far. I made some friends from just random encounters. So I made yeah. a friend at a PC Bong, which is a PC mm. room. PC rooms are like internet cafes, but they're yeah. so amazing. The internet is like one gigabyte speed it's like these brand new computers they're clean they're like you can play any game you want on there or watch live streaming services uh anything you can think of and there's snacks there and the best part it was a dollar an hour i was a dollar an hour i didn't know that (laughs) it's a dollar an hour and you get this super computer and then air conditioning it's very comfortable People like yeah. all night, right? Did you ever? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever sleep overnight? Um, I don't know if they'd let you sleep there or oh. not. But oh, really? oh, okay. <laughs> probably wouldn't let you. Yeah, I mean, probably not. But they would probably kick you out. But oh. if you play the, I guess if you played the games all night, you could stay there. <laughs> Did you um, eat the food? How was the food? So it actually came with uh, free iced americano. They gave oh, it as a service. What? So not only was it a dollar an hour, but they oh gave me free coffee. Why didn't why did you I, 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 you know, it was, well, the thing is, it was really hard to play games on there as a yeah. foreigner. Like, it was not easy to figure out how to play games. So I just went in there to um, just watch some YouTube and some oh. live streaming and that kind of stuff. But while I was there, I was having trouble getting registered to get my time there. So mm-hmm. I asked the worker, like the attendant there, and he helped me. And then he, we ended up talking while I was staying there. And he would just come by and we talked a bit. He noticed I was watching a K-pop girl <laughs> video because okay. Twice just came okay. out with a brand new song. And mm-hmm. he liked them too. So we talked about that. And then we ended up... Um, yeah, just becoming friends, and we met probably th- maybe two, three times at the very least until he oh. stopped working in at that mm-hmm. PC room, uh, PC bong. So, so when he was working there, it was pretty convenient for us to meet up before or after his shift. Um, so for the first several months, yeah, we 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 met, uh, you know, maybe three or four times, and and had a, had a good time together. We had chicken. I even have a picture on my Kakao Talk of him and I. Uh, taking a picture together yeah, um, you guys had a connection yeah, for sure. we did yeah i, I kind of wish he would have uh, communicated more after he stopped working there but that's okay mm-hmm. we, you know even though it wasn't very long we we got along really well yeah, and uh, 
had, had a memory. I don't even remember his name anymore, though. I feel oh, so bad. But, uh, but I'm not, I've never, I, I've never been very good with names, though. But I would recognize his face yeah. if, it, if it was similar. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was my first, like, friend that I made on my own. I know. In, in Korea. <laughs> yeah. No, no other introductions, just completely random. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we're going to get to more about how to make friends later. Yeah. But that was um, that was a, a local one. Wow. And then uh, I also met someone at a bakery, a guy at a bakery. He was super friendly and he just started talking to me in English. And then he eventually we shared cacao and then he ended up inviting me to his church. So I went to uh, Korean church for expats and I met some expats there. Wow. But he wasn't he wasn't there and he didn't greet me or anything. So I just ended up going there like maybe two times and then and then that going back but <laughs> I, it was, I think they were just trying to recruit for their church so it, it was fine though they were nice and they gave me an opportunity to uh, experience what it was like to go to a church in in, in Korea and, and stuff so, mm -hmm. so that was fun uh, I won't go too much detail into that right now that could become a thing later but yeah, those were my random encounters and then I did have a couple people approach me and try to speak English with me but maybe just twice overall i felt like yeah, people you... in dejan just started talking with me but mm -hmm. i think overall i would say the people in dejan were a lot shyer than busan or seoul based on how mm -hmm. long i was there yeah. i did not have many encounters and the guy that was in the pc bong was from busan he was not oh, from dejan so right. when it comes to making an actual dejan friend just by random it, i don't think it I don't even know. I don't even think the church guy was from Dijon. I think he was from Busan too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It just seemed like uh -huh. uh, the culture there was a little bit less outgoing in that sense. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. So I didn't meet that many. Yeah. Because I feel like, well, I don't know. What was your experience like? Because, well, being in Korea, I feel like just from parents that you're, it's more evident that you're not Korean, right? So then do you feel that you get approached by a, a number of Koreans that will maybe come to you and ask you, oh, where you're from? Yeah, I would I would get approached sometimes just by like uh, older men. They're called just uh, mm -hmm. you know, the guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s, they come up. And then, you know, there would be uh, there was a few times where a few girls just approached me too out mm -hmm. of curiosity that were around my age mm -hmm. um, or on the or on the train um just just talked a bit with them but but yeah overall um I felt like Dejan people mostly respected uh my privacy and mm -hmm. uh they were very like yeah pretty quiet or polite uh not as talkative as like when I was in Seoul or in in uh in Busan because like when I was in Seoul one time I didn't know how subways worked so you had to get off the subway um at a certain stop or because mm -hmm. it would just go back to where it went or it would just stop there and I didn't know to get off and they literally like helped me get off the train like when I was there a few years back like when I was 21 or whatever they were like they were like get off you have to get off and <laughs> it was they were so yeah but in Dejan it was just like I don't think they would have said anything like I don't think so so the city had a different feel to it it just felt like in general, people were a little bit shyer than in the in the major 
cities. Like mm-hmm. they, I didn't have as many random counters as I expected uh, mm-hmm. for how long I was there. I, I, right. did, I was really surprised. Um, now I did meet people and I use other methods, but mm-hmm. when it came to like random encounters, I didn't have a whole lot. I'd had a couple of good ones, but overall, I guess it was easier to meet people in Dijon if it were in a more structured environment. And then even thinking about experiences being approached by strangers, right? Uh, I had a couple of encounters where there is the cults. <laughs> um, really? The people, yeah, like a couple, it's like randomly they on the streets, they follow you. And I think they try to get me to go to a church or a temple and just talking to me, but I, I'm always in a rush. So I'm always like, so um, just like walking by and everything, but I've had um, someone follow me before on the street. Did you have that experience or anything like that? I only met that, I only had that situation when I studied abroad there for a summer, my summertime mm-hmm. in Seoul. And I was in a really, I was in um, Samsung Dong and I waited there a long time. And I had two, I think Jehovah Witness maybe people they just kind of asked me some questions, but nothing very serious. They were fine. Yeah. So they said they were trying to get you. To, so who was following you? Did you ever, was it one of the temple people or was it just, yeah. you had no idea who they, temple oh, okay. people. Someone tried to oh, get okay. to go I thought temple. it was like some crazy like stalker <laughs> or something. I was a little no. bit concerned. I, I um, felt generally, I would have to say I felt pretty safe, um, especially as a woman traveling in Korea and traveling, even having coming home at nighttime by myself and and everything I felt safe yeah that's good mm-hmm. didn't have any weird or aggressive or experiences for towards me while I was out and about in Korea which was really nice because I was out really often especially in Seoul and overall um I, yeah I think that wasn't too bad uh, for a culture shock on some things that were quite interesting I know we were going to talk about um while we couldn't drive, it was hard to miss uh, the creative parking uh, situations um, yeah. that were in Korea. So, you know, we have these big cities that don't have a whole lot of uh, parking garages outside of grocery stores, right, or department stores. So there's all these alleys everywhere. Mm-hmm. Korea is very mountainous. So people would literally park pretty much anywhere they, they, they could, any little yeah. nook and cranny right they could they, you'd find a car there uh everywhere people like, would even yeah, yeah drive anywhere everywhere too right yeah. like you have the busiest areas of the city like Dinsandong, and there would literally be someone trying to drive a car through there when there's like hundreds of people walking mm-hmm. along this path you would find cars parked there oh so different yeah. like this would I, be this would be yeah. illegal and your car would get towed in the usa exactly. and, yeah so, in canada too I think that was definitely one of the biggest culture shocks. And I think also, like, they just didn't have enough parking lots and spaces for cars. And I noticed, like you said, how they parked everywhere, right? So then I noticed how one time I was with my co-teacher, and I think she drove me to the clinic because to see the doctor, (laughs) my doctor's appointment. And then so she parked in one spot. And then when we came out, there was a car behind, parked behind her car. Right? So it's so normal to see like cars parked uh, behind another car, right? And then, but then they, I noticed that they would have a card on the front of the windshield with their phone number, right? So then, because 
that car was blocking uh, my co-teacher's car, so she had to call a number to get that person to come out to drive drive the car out. Right? <laughs> so like, yeah, I was like, whoa, this is so interesting, right? Like, I'll be so annoyed yeah, if yeah. this happened, and you know, out back home, I'm gonna do that every time, right? Um, and then just seeing how they park everywhere diagonally and driving through crowds, as you mentioned. Um, and also just in general, I felt like their driving was, wasn't very safe for me personally. Like, right, right. Yeah, there was, I thought it was kind of dangerous. Now, or now, there now was, through the, yeah. There's like no stop signs. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but I've also witnessed a couple of car accidents too. Wow. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. scary. Yeah. That was yeah, scary. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify real quick the driving through crowds thing. So uh, basically what <laughs> happened is, um, you know, you would have areas that people were walking to to go to various um, outlets or or stores or restaurants. And, and, and it would be littered with people like shoulder to shoulder, say it's at nighttime and everyone's going out. Mm-hmm. And there's no street it's just like you know the sidewalk or it's like it's for pedestrians and there'd literally be a car just there just driving through it very slowly just going i would be annoyed too as the pedestrian and a driver or the driver yeah Yeah, and i just didn't understand i felt like this should be a no car zone like why you have a car here this is for people this is not for cars um I'm not talking about trucks for food, literally just personal vehicles. People mm-hmm. thought it was a good idea to drive through, you know, imagine a car just driving slowly through Times Square, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And that's what you would see I sometimes. Think even, right? Yeah, like even like taxi drivers too, right? Like when everyone's out partying at nighttime and then like there's all these, yeah, like taxi cars. Yeah, yeah, for, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I understand people trying to get home and, and it didn't happen very often, but for the most part, it just looked like, personal vehicles or just yeah and some taxi drivers too but yeah uh people would drive through red lights quite often at the four like at the four-way so you had to be really careful crossing the street because someone might be in a hurry and they might run a red light so you had Mm -hmm. to always be be careful in that and um so yeah i that is why i decided i will not drive in this country uh i will take a i'll take a taxi i'll take a bus i'll take a subway I will not. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. transportation is great. It's like a dollar and change, American dollar, to go somewhere for except for taxis is a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, bad. so why mm-hmm. would I risk my life when it's so cheap to just and fast to just mm-hmm. take public transportation and safe as well because oh, yeah. it's clean <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Uh, so how did you? Uh, did you get any exercise in, in uh, Korea? I know you were mentioning something about the outdoor exercising. Yeah. Things that were interesting. What were those? So, what did you think about those? Yeah, I'll talk about, like, there's, like, two uh, culture shock experiences. One was when I, when we go to a park, there's outdoor exercise equipment. So I thought that was really interesting. I think they probably have in other countries in Asia, but again, it was like my first experience in Asia. So I was like, whoa, this is so cool. They have outdoor equipment where I can just like exercise outside. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And then another experience I would like to talk about is, so I did get a yoga membership in mm-hmm. Korea and was probably not the smartest idea just because, you know, the class is in Korean. So when I try to do... Um, the 
the poses, the yoga poses, I'm always trying to strain, straining my neck, trying to look oh, <laughs> to see what the instructor is doing. And then they don't take breaks. Uh, everyone in Korea just seems to be so healthy and fit. So in the class, uh, everyone was like very flexible and nobody, nobody took breaks. They didn't have a water bottle with them. They didn't drink water. And I'm just like, you know, doing my own thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. So yeah. this was the probably the biggest culture shock to me. Mm-hmm. So it's different for every apartment complex, I'm just sure. But for where I live, not a bad area, you know, two minute walk from the subway, restaurants mm-hmm. everywhere. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, not upscale, but but nice. There was no dumpster. We yeah. put our trash in a like circle, not far outside the entrance area. There was just a designated spot where people would put their garbage and they put bags of trash, no trash barrel. Literal, just sacks of garbage. And they put it, and then once a week, they the trash collector would come get the trash. And, yeah, it smelled bad. And it wasn't, it wasn't sanitary at all. And I was just like, what? How is this acceptable? And in the, uh, it was almost impossible to find a trash can yeah. outside. There's, like, none. Literally none in this popular area where people would eat and drink and get there's a convenience store there and there were like no outdoor trash cans so people would just leave their trash outside in little areas to be collected by city workers later and mm-hmm. i'm like how is this a good idea I like know, why right? is the trash it is so like so yeah korean homes typically very clean and they are very well groomed and and very you know very shake showers every day all that stuff but the actual amount of garbage outside was very, uh, yeah, I never seen anything like yeah. it. And I was, I, it just didn't make sense based on how clean they were personally and in their home. Mm-hmm. But then outside, it was just a, just a garbage dump out there. Uh, very dirty. Um, now there were areas that had like the sub, if it's indoors, there were trash cans typically like mm-hmm. in the subways. They were, but in that space, I was just like, I can't believe this. Yeah, I was just, I was very yeah. frustrated. And the food waste, you had to put, so in America, we just put everything pretty much in a garbage bin and then you can, they sort it themselves or you can put it in a recyclable box. Very simplistic, and, uh, except like maybe in California or something where it's more robust recycling. So I was used to just putting it in a trash sack, tying it up, put it in a trash can, good to go. Here, mm. you're supposed to separate things um, based on, you know, what they were. And then... So complicated. Yeah, very complicated. <laughs> or you can pay extra for a trash sack that you could put more things in. It oh. wasn't cheap, though, but you could do that. But you still had to put your food waste in its own container, its own bin. So I would buy this red bucket that you're supposed to put your food waste in yeah and it was not cheap and i did it but every week or two it would disappear someone oh. took it someone so, so there's tw- 20 dollars down the drain <laughs> yes yes <What>? so there's <laughs> yes so there's 20 dollars down the drain when i'm just trying to keep my apartment clean you know so you I buy it multiple times multiple times i probably bought it <laughs> i probably bought it six times at least <laughs> 
Yeah. Eventually, I, yeah. Eventually, I gave up and I just started putting it in the green bag, the catch-all green oh, bag, because I was tired yeah. of paying all this money for it. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it because I felt all this pressure of, I'm the foreigner here. I need mm-hmm. to set an example. Yeah. You know, for my, for where I'm from, I don't want, yeah, so that kind it, of thing. Yeah, so, it was really complicated. Yeah, it was like really their, complicated. The garbage can system, I, yeah, <laughs> I think we all kind of just, we tried our best. <laughs> we did what we yeah, could. we tried our best. Uh-huh. You wouldn't believe uh-huh. what my, the prior teacher would do. She told me that she would cut the food waste up into small bits and flush it down the toilet. That's what, what she did. Yeah. Is that? She literally would cut it up and then flush it. I didn't think that was a good idea. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I thought she was a bit eccentric. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. Okay. I, but I wasted some. Yeah. I was like, eh, I just going to buy the big green sacks. And, mm, and yeah, I probably spent quite a bit of money on, 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 on cleaning things because of that. Right. Like I, it was not, it was not cheap. Like mm-hmm. I think it was $4 for a big one or like it was, it was pretty yeah. expensive. Yeah, it was like you could buy a box of trash. Yeah, I don't go about it all day, but I will say yeah. that that was, if you want to keep your place clean, it's not easy because you have to know also what's the name of that bag, the catch-all. And so in the catch-all bag, you can put almost anything into. You have to know what it's called. And mm-hmm. it doesn't come automatically. So you had to buy it. Uh, yeah so that was a challenge for me because I don't mm-hmm. you're in a relatively small place you cannot let that trash accumulate uh, and then it's not easy to figure out where to buy it uh, where to put your trash uh, that kind of stuff so that's mm-hmm. something I didn't expect I just thought it'd be like America you put trash in this one sack and you put it in a trash can you're done but no it was a whole yeah. or, it was a whole ordeal so Coming, talking about this now, I think this is one of the most frustrating things I've It was with. very frustrating. Yeah, like the whole garbage can situation, that was for sure one of the biggest culture shocks. And I want to add on to what you have said earlier too. Something that was so interesting to me was, you know, how say we go um, to City Hall, Dun Sundan, and the nightlife, first of all, I have to say, is so lively. It is so fun. People stay up all night and party till like 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, there's restaurants and convenience stores open and stores and even people just drinking outside, holding their soju bottles and smoking and, you know, karaoke bars, clubs, all that is open. There's a lot of loud music and, and there's a lot of litter on the floor. And yeah. I was really surprised because, you know, a lot of them are like advertisements too right just like on the floor and and other random litter and next day everything is so clean daytime all the litter is cleaned up sparkly clean and you know there's no garbage can around too so i'm like wow how do they do that like 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 party party it up and then next day like they clean it up so fast yeah they do of course we never we've never been out there in the morning to see what that was like probably we probably were home sleeping so you know we didn't see it oh i did take my friend out there from Busan one time uh-huh. and yeah, he said it was a hot place he was really impressed with Busan uh, Dong and how, it, oh, yeah. how lively it was yeah, yeah so I, I did return there a couple times it is very impressive like it is. they say oh Dejan it's just for families there's nothing 
to do there. No, go to Dunsanadong and you yeah, will you, see. You and it's and it is do. big. It is not like a, a neighborhood. It is spread out like mm-hmm. this massive place where you could spend probably months exploring. Now there's a, a area where we went to that really I think is the the heart of it or the core of it. But there's still all these other areas to explore. Um, so yeah, Dunsanadong. It's a very much very modern and very much a nightlight dis- nightlight district like coming from a small town i was just overwhelmed with the options mm-hmm. and the and the uh there's different like ac- events and activities and street games and yeah mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff but yeah. it did get really it did get really dirty at for sure and some mm-hmm. of the advertisements actually had uh pictures of uh women on it so i think okay. there was a bit of uh something going on there too yeah i didn't take right. one up though not saying <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell from a you could see it from a distance thinking like how like they would party so late right like till really early in the morning and even like in toronto the clubs open till like 3 a.m and then you know a lot of restaurants and clubs they close pretty early it's just so it's so different like so yeah. much more lively in in Dijon and and I feel like a night culture like the mornings I notice there's typically very little activity there's not many people out especially if they're not going to work like on on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning it's dead but at Mm -hmm. night so alive so yeah it's hard And then they party hard at night. A lot of my Korean friends stay up late. You know, there are morning people, of course, but I'm just saying as a culture, and that, and I'm a night person too. So for mm-hmm. me, it really felt natural to go out and, 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 and do things in the evening. Would you say that also restaurants, they open pretty late in the afternoon? Oh, yeah. The restaurants are open late. If you're going out with friends, you don't have to worry about it being closed after it's a reasonable hour, which is good. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you would expect to get your morning coffee but good luck because most of them didn't open till like late in the morning so make a bank account my gosh like okay so we only get eight personal hours for the whole contract year and i probably spent half of them trying to get a bank account set up uh, you can only get one if you have a job and you have to verify all these different things and then, you know i had to have my co-teacher help me several times but once it's set up it's it, it was pretty neat because you got like this little book, which had, you could log into your ATM from there. Logging into it online was really difficult because you had to, you had to um, download a certificate onto that computer to do any online banking or purchasing. Um, so that was a challenge. Um, I would, I just don't think it's possible to do some of this stuff without getting help from somebody. Like the oh, bank yeah. is not, is not catered to expats like other things are. Like you mm-hmm. can figure out the subway. You can figure out how to get food reasonably well, but you will not figure out banking without someone's extensive help. And I don't know if it's this hard to get a bank account in other countries, but yeah, it's super hard. You have to literally have a job to get an open bank account. And I still have my bank card and I hope to use it when I go back to Korea. <laughs> yeah, don't I have any money so in it, but but yeah, we would not be able to get one open unless we got another job there. There's no way, and then you can't use um, and then everything's a lot harder, less secure because you have to carry cash around more. And, I don't you know, even stuff know like if that. they would be open by the time we get back. In- well, well, I went there le- less than two years ago, and mine still worked, and that was three years after leaving. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so that was so it's possible to keep yours if you have your card with you um, mm. and all that. But yeah. how about you? How was your bank situation? For sure. It was super compli- complicated. 
I remember going to the bank many times and trying to figure things out. I initially had the co- my co-teacher help me set up the accounts and set up the accounts to transfer money home and all of that. Um, but I do remember I had many encounters where for some reason my card got stuck in the machine. <laughs> I was struggling so much and, you know, I was by myself and there were other Koreans maybe nearby. But then I tried to get help and they just be like, oh, just call this number. <laughs> I think, yeah, one time I actually did have my card stuck. And then the next day um, I had to go back to the bank and get it back. I did have in my local bank, there were people that worked there that spoke English. But again, it was like they went up fluent or it was still a struggle right to communicate with them and to get them to help me but I just remember definitely a lot of work (laughs) I would say the bank I went to was pretty modest I don't know in the U.S. like a lot of the banks are quite be quite opulent or quite extravagant sometimes but this bank was pretty bare bones but the ATM machine worked pretty well and you could transfer money to people really easily you just needed a like a, a code and you could send money to someone right through the ATM so mm-hmm. that was that was kind of neat. it would directly go into their bank account like and that's not something I remember doing at all in America I'd use PayPal you know so that was that was a yeah. nice feature to just directly send the money to, to their account if needed it was kind of a bummer you only got eight personal hours and there's all these things you had to do so it wasn't really like you got any personal hours because you had to use all those to do the various immigration things you were required to yeah. do or to get your bank account open so I kind of yeah. wish that, that that didn't count you know what that, kind of that is all part of the experience right <laughs> when you think about it it's like wow like going to a new country being on our own not speaking the language a little things like ordering food or opening a bank account you know like buying groceries yeah. using the subway for a taxi little things makes it so hard like you feel like you're you're just born (laughs) so like I think that's what makes it so challenging but also at the same time every time like you go through that struggle and you're like whoa you know I feel like I've grown a lot (laughs) yeah definitely there was a great sense of accomplishment and over time it got easier you know Mm -hmm. things got easier um another culture thing that kind of felt so strange and stuck with me was the bowing Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we had to yeah. bow when we met someone when we first for the first time or, you know, show respect um, in, in America or USA. We shake hands. Um, we say, you know, hello, but we don't we don't bow ever. So that was something that I get used to for sure was the mm-hmm. it's just kind of a quick, you know, little little thing. But uh, it, it did feel it did feel a little strange for sure. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about the bowing? Yeah, the bowing part was it's so funny because like we do it for the respect of like the elderly and the figures. And I remember say in a school setting how kids will always bow to us. And I it was something that I picked up and I just started bowing to everyone. <laughs> and even my kids, like they would bow to me and I I would unconsciously bow back like I wouldn't yeah. even realize it right and then I realized that throughout the year I just started bowing to everyone right and it's interesting because I felt like even though I, I definitely immersed myself a lot into the Korean culture and everything but that was the one thing that I really picked up mm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, did you even bow when you came back to yeah, Canada so or you, like, I, did <laughs> I did I did too did you yeah, I did a bit too. Yeah, I could. It was just, it was just natural. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. 
Um, but yeah, like, how about your experience with like the food at the cafeteria? Did you experience? Yeah, oh, cafeteria was, um, okay, so, you know, we had one entree option, which, you know, was hit or miss, and then you had rice, and then some side dishes, and then a, a tea or whatever. Uh, the teachers had their own little food station area, and then the students had a sep- you know, students had a separate one, and the teachers all ate together, and then students would eat together based on their class, so the, mm-hmm. they didn't sit with their friends. They didn't sit with their girlfriends or boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. They yeah. had to sit with their class that they were their homeroom class. They were mm-hmm. together the whole day. That would have drove mm-hmm. me crazy. Like if my best friend is <laughs> in another class and I can't sit with my best friend. So what happened was they normally would eat very quickly. Yeah. And then do. they would go and play with their friends for about an hour. An hour. I think it was like an hour to an hour and a half long. It was that very long. long. Yes, it was a very long lunch break, and um, oh yeah, there was very... how fast you eat, right? If you eat really fast, you have more time to play with your friends. Yeah, you have more time to play, so they ate very mm-hmm. quick. And also, they didn't get to eat with their friends unless they were friends with their classmates. You know, they didn't talk too much; they would just eat and they'd go, and they'd have a hour, an hour and a half long break. It was probably the longest break they got the whole day because mm-hmm. a lot of them yeah. would do tutoring okay. after school. True. So it was a social. It was a social hour, mm-hmm. and. I loved it. Uh, I ended up uh, joining the teacher's basketball team uh, oh, during that time. Okay. Uh, we'd play with the student team and all that. So that was fun. We might go into that a little bit more later. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but then after, but after we ate, uh, there was no like drinks. So you would go put your tray away and then you would go to the drinking station, the canteen in a way, and then you would uh, drink a water, uh, everyone would drink a water and then go play is what they would mm-hmm. do so the last thing they would do is kind of wash everything down and they would go out that's so, really interesting when you said that they don't uh for your experience that there was no drinks available while you're eating because yeah. for me i actually we actually did we had uh water oh. we got to bring water with us it wasn't like way out of the way because for uh-huh. us we could do that but it was way okay. out of the way so most people uh, didn't yeah okay that might depend on the school then or something mm-hmm. yeah but um i would definitely say that i was surprised at how healthy the lunches were oh yeah because oh, yeah. um i definitely we definitely had like kimchi every day yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and also just like the different sh- sections like there's kimchi there's rice and um there's soup right and then other yeah. maybe snacks so it, oh, it varies like from day to day but generally very healthy for the kids so, do you know how there's the um, Korean purple rice with beans? Yeah, the yeah. purple rice. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, like the, the lunches were great, like they're healthy and they're good. Um, but I find that because it's also there's a little bit like spicy food too, right? Like it was you know, spicy, yeah. and I could I couldn't really handle spicy food. I only handle a little bit, and I don't really have a preference for it. So it was it was difficult, but I mean it was still good. Right, because you had one, you have one option for the entree, and sometimes it was very spicy. And yeah. if you couldn't eat it, then you would have to eat your rice, your soup, and your side dishes, yeah. and you'd probably be a little hungry unless you wanted to eat all a ton of rice. Um, <laughs> so without any sauces or any sort of soy sauce or you know nothing like that. So 
I lost mm-hmm. a lot of weight just because of those school lunches. Oh, not, even really? exer- not even exercising. I lost weight just because, yeah, I'd have a, probably I'd have a rather, rather unhealthy dinner, but the lunches were so healthy. Yeah, I would lost. I lost wait, wait, you could have no spicy food, right? Yeah, but sometimes they would have things that I didn't like because it was uh, like seafood related stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty picky about seafood. So, okay. uh, but overall, uh, the food was good most days. My favorite lunch was definitely curry, Korean curry. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I actually, I actually made it the other day, so I can I I brought that back with me. But yeah, curry was the best. I oh, so yeah, there was definitely food I liked. It was super healthy and it was really cheap. I think it was like maybe three dollars a meal max out of your salary. They would deduct it. Uh, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, they probably did it from yours too. But oh. Well, but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, but, I think yeah. Okay. But very, but very affordable, very reasonable. Yeah, very affordable. Uh, so overall, it was okay. it was good. Uh, but if you didn't like the entree that way that day, uh, kind of tough luck because that's <laughs> that's your only option. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and then there had a lot of it was very clean. Yeah, the, yeah, it was it was good overall. Um, picky eaters, or if you have very specific mm-hmm. dietary restrictions would probably have to skip the entree a few times Um, but they do typically have a list of what's on the menu so if you could go over that with your the co-teacher you could probably figure out uh you know what you're gonna do that day i found refuge and there was a convenience store right outside the school gate that i would sneak out and go to if the entree wasn't my favorite that day it was literally like less than a minute walk away uh so i would get a snickers if I was starving, uh, but that was rare. It was just, you know, it was octopus that day. And I was like, nah, Mm -hmm. did they ever bring snacks to your teacher lounge? Yeah. They, we had so many snacks, uh, during our breaks and in the office, like people were were always eating all day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. So so if you didn't have a lot of lunch, there would be various like fruit or, uh, yeah milk which is like rice cake hard rice cake yeah uh-huh. there was food in that sense too in terms of birthdays did you guys uh, celebrate birthdays in the office <sighs> yeah they didn't no we no? did not no yeah. um just because there there was a couple of times where the teacher in the office had a birthday and i remember this one time they bought a cake for someone and this is a very shocking for me because they didn't have any plates or any other utensils. They just like they just handed out the chopsticks for everyone, right? Oh. So then and then they handed out chopsticks and there was no plates or anything. And they were just like, Okay, dig in. And then my I think my face was like, What? Like, what is going on? So then I watched them like all of them everyone's just digging in with their chopsticks. And then they're like, Tina, <laughs> have some and I'm just like it took like maybe two bites from you know the area that was yeah 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 <laughs> and then I'm like okay I'm done but I was just like very surprised because what we would do back home is we would cut the cake and then you would yeah you know, put in plates yeah place. and it's like, like I was thinking okay yeah in Asian cultures like we generally like to share and um we might have like dishes right different dishes and everyone kind of uses a chopstick to you know, put it on their plate. Um, but even back home with family, a lot of times or with other people, we would have like a serving fork or utensil and yeah, then we would put yeah, it in our plate. Yeah. 
So I guess it was very shocking for me because I've never done this with a cake, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was my experience. Yeah, I had that similar experience with ice cream. I was in in college and there's some Korean exchange students and they said, want to have ice cream together? And they just brought out the carton and we Uh all got a spoon and we Uh, we just dug in without bowls or anything. So yeah. Yeah, that was, that is surprising. Yeah, I just I don't like it, but I just go with it. Just okay. anyway, yeah, and just kind of push through because I'm like I don't want to, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. I guess so. I just sort of push through it. Uh-huh. Also, like another thing that I noticed is that how often they brush their teeth. Like I don't know if if this is something that's normal, <laughs> but I find that they have great hygiene and they brush their teeth multiple times a day or maybe it's like after they eat generally after they eat yeah and, even like snacks too so yeah, like so i don't know so if, they bring that, a toothbrush and yeah. toothpaste to work mm-hmm. and everyone has theirs and they yeah. yeah after lunch or a snack they just yeah so so that's yeah like you notice that too and sometimes i'm like oh maybe because also like, when you think about it we are teachers right we are standing in front of the classroom with many eyes Watch, peers of eyes watching us, many classes that we teach. So of course you don't want to have like food stuck in your teeth, right? But then I think in general, yeah. they they do have really good hygiene and brush their teeth after they eat all the time. I think. Yeah, personal personal hygiene. Yeah, there's very yeah. good personal hygiene. Uh, yeah, everyone is, there's no like, yeah, scruffiness involved uh, overall. Yeah, it's... Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still feel like the clothes the teachers wore were more it's definitely not formal though at our school. Oh, it was okay. not, kind of it could have been business casual at the most, but sometimes it was it was like clean, but it wasn't like there was some t-shirts going on, you know, mm-hmm. or it wasn't always like really <laughs> what I expected to be more spiffy. But it wasn't always spiffy. It, was, it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So I was kind of relieved. I think part of it was because of um, there not being um, an air condition, uh, central heating and cooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this school, there was like a little machine in the corner that you could use to cool or heat the room. But the regulations for activating those were very strict. So uh, in the summer, you know, it had to be almost like... 97 Fahrenheit before they would turn it on and and in the winter it had to be below freezing before they would turn the heater on it had to be right at freezing Mm -hmm. so it was like it didn't feel like a modern building I I felt like I was camping or you know so that was that was really a culture shock to me is just the lack of central heating cooling in schools and the windows being the windows being open all the time even when we're trying to retain heat in the building in the winter Mm -hmm. then you have open windows so that was that was very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as we were brainstorming this it was just this long list as you all (laughs) hear and more things came up and we will have more things to talk about in our future episodes we're going to touch upon more about our neighborhood and different areas and things that you can do in Daejeon, as well as some advice that we can give you for, uh, in terms of how to deal with culture shock and interact with local Koreans, as well as how to make friends. Yes, yeah. friendship 101. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you everyone for tuning in.
Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Okay. And we'll see you next time. Yep. All right. Bye. <laughs>